Welcome to Bravo Maestra. I'm Kalisa, and I'm going to be talking about the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So before I get into this episode, I wanted to talk a little bit about the end of the last episode because it was gripping television. So I'm talking about Taco Tuesday at Crystal's house. Now, <laughs> Dorit was just cracking me up, just blatantly causing drama, like not even pretending, not even trying to hide it, just not even trying to hide it. It was crazy. And then Erica calling her a potster right to her face in front of everybody. And even the way that all of the guests at um, Crystal's house were sitting, like all of the housewives were sitting on that couch, you know, in like a half circle. And then all of Crystal's friends, which I want to know how many other people were there because it seemed like there was a good amount of non-housewives there sitting on um like couches and seats opposite them literally like an audience just just off camera so that we could barely see them just watching the show and i was like oh my goodness i wish i could be them <laughs> just watching the show in person um and then i even loved erica in her confessional last episode when she was like oh, thanks for throwing me under the bus, Dory. I don't want to do this with Denise. And then she kind of turns and looks at the camera and is like, but okay. And is just very catty, like very cat-like. And I just loved that. And when Dory says to Denise, basically like, yeah, so Denise, are you going to say something? You, gonna, you want to say something, Dory? Denise? You want to say something to Erica? And <laughs> Denise just seems like is this lady serious? Just her hand motion and her body language when she's like, take it down a notch. <laughs> I don't know about you guys, but I laughed out loud and rewinded it when Denise said that. Just she kind of like flips her hand towards her and is like, just take it down a notch. Come on. It was so funny. It was so good. So I just, I had to throw that in there about last episode, but this episode goes right back into Denise versus Erica at Crystal's house. So they replay, um, their altercation. And honestly, this may sound bad because Erica was harsh. She really was. But she did bring up a good point, and this might sound bad, but after Denise called Erica out at Kyle's house during that dinner, um, she then called Erica all kinds of different names behind Erica's back. So they're not at the table anymore when they were, you know, going around the house and they were like at the bar in Kyle's house and whatever. Um she called Erica names. So of course, Kyle told Erica and Erica's like, okay, WTF, like Denise, you had your moment with me at the dinner table. I apologized. Erica doesn't say this. I'm projecting all this onto Erica, but she's like, you had your moment with me at the dinner table. I said, I was sorry. And then you want to go and call me mean names behind my back. And whether or not you agree with the things that Denise called Erica, they were really mean names. And if I was in Erica's position, I would be like, okay, gloves are off. Like, that's it. And I mean, I don't think I could go that low. I could not go as low as Erica did, but whoo. 
was it great to watch. And I really was rooting for Denise, but come on, when they showed the flashback and Denise indeed was also saying sexual things at the barbecue, you know, the whole classic back and forth of with Erica being like, I'm right. I'm right. And Denise, no, you're not right. Uh, I'm right. Uh, no, I don't think you are. So no, well, I'm right. So anyways, <laughs> and then Sutton being like, yeah, she was. And then they show that flashback. Erica could have said to Denise, watch the show, just like Denise said to Erica at Kyle's dinner. But honestly, Erica didn't even need to because she kind of destroyed Denise <laughs> with Erica just calmly saying to her, like, you can say and you can think and you can feel whatever you want. It's done. That was very powerful. Like that is very powerful to tell somebody who is like trying to get you like, I don't care what you say or what you think like you it's done. I'm done with it. it it's kind of like what I said in the episode about the finale of Salt Lake City with Meredith, where she's like, okay, you can scream at me all you want. And I've already told you I didn't do it. So that's all. I'm not going to give you anything else. I've said my piece. You don't want to believe me. All right, it's done. It frustrates people so much and it just completely disarms them. So I think we shall remember that. (laughs) And then Denise tries a little bit more to get a rise out of Erica by saying that Erica's deflecting. And then she even, you know, tries to bring up the lawsuits and saying that Erica was denying money being put into her account. And and Erica just, I was surprised. Erica doesn't give her an inch and she literally gets up and walks away and the whole thing was over. And I kind of felt a little bit bad for Denise. I kind of felt bad for her. And I don't know. I I wish that Denise, I really like Denise. And I was really surprised with this at like this episode with Denise and like the dinner and her then going out to lunch with, I think it was Crystal, Garcelle, and Sutton after that dinner at Kyle's because I feel like she has gone through a lot just in these few scenes that she's had this season and she's not running away and being emotional and all of that like she was when she was actually a housewife if that makes sense like she did go through it i'm not gonna i'm not gonna take that away from her but it was like she was storming off scenes left and right to the point where the producers were like screaming in her face (laughs) and um you know it's like she couldn't even take it and here she's not even a housewife she i don't even think is a friend of and she is sticking around so it's just it's very surprising i'm not sure what's going on there but i do like denise and i feel bad for her but still it was it was good tv so after erica walks away kyle has the freaking nerve the freaking nerve to say oh well i think that the kids should always be off limits i was pissed like that really ticked me off that really ticked me off because it still bothers me the whole 
thing with when Erica swore at Garcelle's son and then the scene where Kyle and Mauricio are just laughing about it and it's like oh did you hear what Erica said to Garcelle's son (laughs) I loved it that was really disgusting to me it really bothered me and it still does and um for her to then say to a group of people, including the mother of that child, I think that kids should just always be off limits, is really rich and is really annoying. And then I am glad that Garcelle, and I am I think she, Garcelle had every right to say even more to Kyle, but I'm glad that Garcelle was like, she was sitting right next to you. Why didn't you say something? Why are you saying something to us right now? Why didn't you say something to her when she brought up the kids? Like, hello. And of course, Kyle makes it about her and is like, well, what about me? How come nobody stood up this stuff for me? It literally didn't make any sense to me. Like, is that just me? Did that bother anybody else that it literally came out of like nowhere to me? Like here you are calmly being like, I think kids should be off limits. Let's keep it between us. And then when somebody says, why didn't you say something then that you go, well, then why didn't you stand up for me about a ring? Are you kidding me, dude? Like that, oh my gosh. I I would not be able to be, I, I just would not be able to handle Kyle. I could not deal with her. Um, yeah, Kyle's just like, why didn't anybody stand up and say, it's wrong to ask about a ring? Um, well, how about because Garcelle and Sutton, two of the women that you are yelling this at, are the ones who are questioning you. They are the ones that are saying, so what's the deal with the ring? So why would they stand up and say it's wrong to question about the ring? And I'm going to say it. It's not wrong to question about it. It's weird, but I don't even want to go there because it is also annoying to me. (laughs) Honestly, I, yeah, the Kyle stuff is so confusing and stupid. And Kyle then mentions like in her confessional, Well, if you want to play the every man for himself game, then let's go. Wait, what? What is she even talking about? Literally, what is she even talking about? What? Who has ever talked about a game of every man for himself? Like, what is she even referring to? I don't understand. Like, is Kyle producing a whole show in her head and the ladies aren't playing along to, like, the script in her head? Because then she says, like, you know, at Taco Tuesday, she says to the ladies, not in the confessional anymore, oh, and you want to say that my husband's cheating. Okay, literally no one did say that at the dinner except for Kyle. And no, it's all so annoying and comes off as attention seeking. And like nobody's playing into that game. Like she brought up cheating and nobody else said it or fell for it and are like, oh, what, Kyle cheating? And so it's frustrating her. That's what it's seeming like to me. But it's all, again, I'm just going to keep saying it. It's all confusing and annoying. <laughs> so I honestly, I'm glad that Garcelle said, like literally said, I'm done with this and got up because it was just so exhausting and annoying. And I am glad that nobody's really falling into it because it is it just seems very immature and attention seeking. So everybody goes home and the next scene, Erica arrives at Dorit's house and I am probably going to sound crazy, (laughs) but whatever. So 
Erica was giving me, you guys are going to think I'm nuts. Erica was giving me this vibe with Phoenix, who Phoenix seems like a total doll, by the way. But Erica was giving me this like rich aunt or like rich grandmother vibe with Phoenix, like between the voice and the long nails and how she's lounging on the lounge chair and being like, go do your model walk. And oh, what a beautiful little hostess. And like her little cackle, like it was witchy and I am not hating on it. Like I loved it, but it was just very like, oh, hey doll. Like, oh, you brought me some little snacks. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but it seemed like, like the, wealthy aunt or grandmother coming to visit little phoenix or something and spend time with with auntie dorit or whatever i don't know it was funny um yeah she was just updating dorit on what she missed after dorit left crystal's house and that was my big takeaway from that scene and then garcelle is on facetime with sutton and i just love their friendship i really do i've always loved their friendship i'm glad that they have each other um, and I feel bad for Garcelle. I just, I can only imagine that like Garcelle is just so exhausted by Dory. I feel like that must, that's what I'm getting is just, she's so exhausted and frustrated by her. And she, I think from like Garcelle's first season, it seems like it's just a very frustrating dynamic and relationship with her. And I don't blame her. Um, then we're at Sutton's house and the matchmaker Alessandra comes over and Sutton was cracking me up when like with her unamused looks, like when Alessandra was telling her like, oh my gosh, like your date with Sal, blah, blah, blah. And Sutton just does not look amused at all. She's just like, mm-hmm. Um, and then she was cracking me up just as Alessandra's reading the date feedback about Sutton. And she's like, I got to lie down. This is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I laughed out loud. She was so funny. And then I thought this was weird. Did you guys think this was weird that Alessandra said that Sal didn't think Sutton was interested? So they had to work on Sutton giving indicators of interest. Like, I thought Sutton wasn't interested. Like, I thought she wasn't interested. So why would she give indicators that she was interested in Sal? In Sal specifically. But I mean, yeah, she does need help in general. But I just thought that was interesting. Like, yeah, she's not interested. So anyways, um, I did another laugh out loud moment was when Sutton said in her confessional that, that men are like big babies walking the earth. And she was like... Well, see, now I won't get a date because I just said that. <laughs> I laughed out loud. I just love her. She is so funny. Also, I'm sorry. It is very weird to me that the matchmaker, have you guys noticed this? She has multiple times brought up billionaires. Have you guys noticed that? Like, that's weird to me. And I can't put my finger on why specifically it's odd but to me it's weird on a professional level and on an emotional level like on a professional level is that appropriate to just be like oh yeah girl like i could hook you up with billionaires 
but then she's not. You know what I mean? Like, I guess that's like good advertising because people might watch the show and be like, hey, heard you have billionaires. But the fact that she's not matching Sutton up with billionaires makes it seem fake to me. But then it also seems very tacky to be like throwing that around. And then on an emotional level, like, well, I guess same thing. That's like on an emotional level too, like making money a priority instead of like compatibility ability and then it's like she's dangling this carrot to Sutton who clearly seems interested in dating million or billionaires and who wouldn't like I don't know it seems very odd where she's said multiple times like you don't want the billionaires no and like this episode being like I could hook you up with billionaires but I mean they're weird you wouldn't want that it was I don't know it was odd is that just me it was weird then we have Kim and Kyle which you know Kyle scenes this season I'm having a hard time with, but they're talking about Kim's daughter's wedding. And again, I should just name this episode weird because it was weird. Kim asks, so are you bringing anybody to the wedding? Um, I'm sorry, what? Then Kim says, like, I only ask because I want everybody and everything to be good at the wedding. And Kim and Kyle proceed to talk about the relationship with Kathy, which, okay, but why would you start that conversation by asking Kyle, a married woman, so are you bringing anybody to the wedding? Like, okay, two parts to that. If you are asking your married sister, like, I don't, I don't, I don't even know how to say this. Because it is so weird. Like, hey, so you and Mauricio are coming to the wedding, right? Or like, did Kyle RSVP only herself, maybe? I'm just verbally processing this, that maybe she only said like herself. And so maybe Kim's like, so are you, is it just you? Or like, are you bringing the kids? Or when you wrote your name, is that everybody? Or is it literally just you or what's going on? I don't know. That was weird. First of all, on that end, like she is married. You don't ask a married person, so are you bringing anybody to the wedding? You ask a single person who got a plus one. But then the other side of that is if the reason you are asking that is because of the relationship with Kathy, like that, that those don't even connect in my brain. Like, am I crazy? Is it me? Is it me? Like, does that make sense to you guys? It literally makes no sense to me. I don't get it. So moving on, I don't know. But they keep talking and Kyle says that she's willing to have a conversation with Kathy, but she's not willing to be mistreated. And that Kathy doesn't talk like this, referring to like talking, having a conversation like she, the one that she's having with Kim. And I actually thought that this was a nice moment because it seemed like Kim was agreeing with Kyle and like backing her up in the experience of their sister's temper. And I feel like we haven't seen that a lot. It's like always just Kyle really talking about it. Um, so it was kind of nice to see them both kind of be like, oh yeah, like the temper, yikes. And it just seems like there is such darkness in their family's past and present, it does make me sad. And it shows that you can have all this money and fame, but 
not peace. And it, it really makes me sad. I, I just want peace for them. I want peace for everybody. (laughs) So then we go to Robin Crystal's house and why didn't they show the whole scene from the trailer of Crystal saying, this group wants me to scream all the effing time. Like, why do we literally only see her say that? Why do we not get the context of that? I want to, I want to see the whole thing, right? Don't you guys want to see the whole thing? Like what happened? Especially because we really haven't been seeing Crystal a lot. And the little context we're getting to that is in this scene when Crystal was telling Rob, like, yeah, they were all telling me that I don't engage enough. I don't say enough. Um, And then they, you know, do the flashback and she screams that or yells that. So like what was happening? I want to see the whole thing. So I don't know what's going on there. Then Crystal was talking to Rob about how the women are all so skinny now and how she can't help but compare her body to theirs. And she wonders if they are comparing her body to theirs as well. And it really goes to show that we have no idea what goes on in people's heads. I never would have thought of that. But as soon as she said it, it made complete sense. And I was just like, wow, like everybody is struggling with something. You know, and as much as I consider myself an empathetic person, I literally that never would have crossed my mind. And I've been watching this show since like season one, episode one. I have known about Crystal's struggles and that didn't even cross my mind. So that was pretty eye opening. Um, I admire her a lot for sharing the struggles that she faces. She then talked about her brother, Jeff, and I forgot that she's the younger sister until she talked about how around when she got married and started having kids and then their father became ill that she took on not just a big sister role, but a mother role. And she was treating him like her son. And yes, I do have my master's in teaching, but my bachelor's degree is in human development and family studies. So I love learning about and hearing about and talking about dynamics just like this. I think it's so fascinating. (laughs) So yeah, hearing this, it makes total sense that as Crystal went through those big life changes and took on more responsibilities like becoming a wife, a mother of one, then a mother of two, was a support to their mom, um, as their father became ill, helped care for the father. And all while Jeff was in China being a pop star, I believe, right? Like, I think he was in China doing the pop star thing, like, until COVID. I'm not sure the timeline. I need to – I'm not sure. Don't quote me. Um, But all of that makes sense that she would now act more as a mother to Jeff and like more of this like matriarch role in the family versus like the youngest and like the baby sister. So it's fascinating that she recognizes this and like sees that she would like to take a step back and let Jeff live his own life more without her input. So I think that's interesting and I want to see what happens with that. Then Sutton goes on her date. And again, Sutton cracks me up. She's just like, I don't know what to say. I'm obviously not good at this. And that, that made me laugh out loud. She, she does make me laugh a lot. Um, and after she says that in her confessional, then it shows her on the date, like complimenting a bunch and like the guy clearly loved it, but like who wouldn't, everybody loves a compliment. 
And also, when they walked in, I wondered if this was the same place she went on the date when, I think it was last season, when she wore the famous blue cat sweater. Didn't it look like it? Like, it looked exactly like that place to me. Maybe I'm (laughs) – oh, gosh. It's probably, like, totally different. But as soon as they walked in, I was like, is this the same place? Especially the table. The table looked exactly like the place that she went. Anyways, their date made me smile. I want to see Sutton happy. I really like her, and I know that's a hot take. What do you guys think of Sutton? I feel like not a lot of people like her, but I really love her. And I'd love to find out your opinions. Maybe I'll do, like, a poll on the Bravo Maestra Instagram story to, like, see what all of you guys think. Um, oh, then the last scene, Garcelle and Dorit. Um, well, a light moment is when Garcelle walked in and the host was like, I love this outfit. <laughs> and I have to say, I agree. This was honestly one of my favorite Garcelle looks ever. Like hair, makeup, outfit, jewelry, super beautiful. Um, I mean, Garcelle is beautiful always, but the whole entire look was gorgeous. But oh my gosh, this was so awkward, you guys. Even the audio. Like, did you notice that? And I'm sure they did it on purpose, but it was amazing. But hearing like birds chirping and cars going by and like pigeons cooing. I'm not even kidding. You could hear pigeons cooing. Go back and listen. And them just blankly staring at their menus. I out loud was like, Oh my gosh, like awkward. Then Garcelle starts to say what she wants to say. Like she starts to just say her whole piece, like her feelings, how it made her feel, um, being triggered, being upset, crying, like how she feels about Dorit, um, like, you know, their past, the incidences in the past, all of that. And Dorit doesn't let her finish. And on top of it says, I want to hear all of what you have to say, but also I have to defend myself. And some of what you're saying is not only wrong, it's very hurtful. What? Oh my gosh. Like Dorit. Ah, I was just like, keep your mouth shut. At the very least, at the very least, just keep your mouth shut and let Garcelle say everything she wants to say and then do not tell her it's wrong and then do and then Dorit does what she tends to do and makes it about herself which is when she said that it's hurtful when the entire reason that they're even meeting is because Garcelle is the hurt one like that is what Dorit tends to do is like turns it around and is like I'm the hurt one well now you're hurting my feelings and Oh, and Garcelle described her kind of perfectly by saying it was unconscious Karen behavior. (laughs) It was pretty perfect. That is a great description. And in the next scene with Dorit in her confessional in that ridiculous outfit saying, it's a very dangerous accusation with heavy consequences and I'm not comfortable. This is, this is not making me comfortable. That was so Karen. Like, Oh my goodness. So I don't know. It ended, you know, with Garcelle saying that they'd be good. So we'll see what what happens with that. Again, like I said earlier, I feel like, and I don't blame her, that Garcelle is just exhausted and frustrated with 
Dorit, and I do not blame her at all. But we'll see. But I hope you guys enjoyed this. And go ahead and go to the Bravo Maestra Instagram at Bravo, M-A-E-S-T-R-A. I'm going to do that poll because I really do want to see what you guys think of Sutton. Am I the only one that just like thinks she's amazing? I really love her. All right. Well, rate and review five stars only, please. Thanks for listening.